This very special bonus episode of Roderick on the Line is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad, so hey, just enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Verdi Club. How are we all doing tonight? <laughs> SF Sketch Fest proudly presents Roderick on the Line. You're listening to a live performance of Roderick on the Line that was recorded on January 23rd, 2015 at Verdi Club in San Francisco as part of the SF Sketchfest Comedy Festival. Our thanks to Cole Stratton for inviting us, to Verdi Club for hosting us, and to Verdi Club stage manager Robert West for recording and introducing us. Somebody put some index cards on our stage. Some notes. <laughs> Next. How's it going, John? It's going great. I'm in San Francisco, uh, which is amazing. I've, I've sort of perfected this career path of going places uh, where I don't really get paid very much to entertain people with my lifeblood, basically spilling it out on the stage night after night. It's good exposure. And uh, I was thinking about it being good exposure the other day, and then I realized I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> And so you I'm know, gonna... if you're near dying, exposure is what you want to avoid, right? That's like when you're out too long in the cold. Right. You're fucking dead. That's exposure, right? Right, right. Yeah, avoid that. I was you sitting... stay inside, get under a blanket like a gentleman. I was sitting in my, the shower of my uh, hotel room today, uh, one of those hotel rooms that doesn't have a bathtub. Ugh. So basically, you know that it's a hotel room made out of shipping containers. <laughs> it's this new fashion, Right. No, no bathtubs. What are, bathtubs are for old people or for people with the psoriasis or sometimes, something. <laughs> sometimes they don't have doors or windows. Sports. You go to like a, uh, what's, the, what's the one, the Ace? The Ace. <laughs> you go to the Ace, and it's more like a scrim than yeah. a wall. The, the, the if Ace anybody was... had to drop a really serious deuce inside the Ace, you would smell it two rooms <laughs> in any direction. All of those hotels presume that you are there with your, uh, you, you are there on the like third weekend of your new relationship and you want to watch the other person shower and shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love her so much. They, I call, just, it, they call it the tray. Just one, yeah, that's, that's right. Third, that third week third is weekend. when we're going downtown, buddy. Oh, I just want to see her just like shave under her arms and. Yeah, but just so like with love. like, just no self consciousness. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm sitting in the shower, and of course I'm doing what I do when I'm in the shower, which is imagining what if our alien overlords finally did come appoint me as the human spokesman. (laughs) And what I would ask in return. And I think what I would first ask is that they go over me head to toe with some kind of scanner that takes away all the cancer. And, and the proto-cancer. And proto-cancer and, and, uh, and whatever else, all the protozoan that have come in thetans, to my feet. All the thetans. All the thetans, right, <laughs> that are in me. And then, you know, some minor, modi, mo, uh, minor body modification that would be simple for them to do, right? I've always felt like, uh, you know, all my height is, in my, is from the waist up. And I've always felt like proportionately, I have a, my legs are disproportionate to my torso. And so... Right, just a little. It's just, it's one of these things. I think you're being that, a little bit hard on yourself. It's one of these things it's that not, people have. It's not have. that bad. No, it's not. It's not, it's not gruesome. <laughs> it's like, it, <laughs> until you point it out, you're not like dwarf. I mean, like, it's like, <laughs> right. if, you, if, you, if you point it out, now people are going to be thinking, John's got some pretty fucking short legs. Well, this is, and this is, that what, it, what it does is it gives me a low center of gravity. It makes me very difficult to tackle. 
I have short everything. I have a short torso. I have short legs. I got short everything. You have a long penis, though. Yes. <laughs> but it's mainly the circumference, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. John's so, seen it, right? So I'm thinking we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. John and I have spent a lot of time in our underwear contiguously. Call it pair programming. <laughs> Merlin introduced the concept to me as, let me show you what is on Netflix. Yeah. And I was oh, like, look, it's I don't a know marathon of free balling. <laughs> What's Netflix, Merlin? Let's He's make like, dim sum. <laughs> but uh, so, so uh, anyway, I would have the aliens just, you know, extend my legs oh, by a couple right. of centimeters yes, just yes, to put yes. me in proportion. That's nothing for them. That's a rounding exactly. error. It's just a whoop. And if I'm going to be standing up in front of all humanity saying, on behalf of our alien overlords, here's the plan. Quid pro quo, Clarice. I want to look right. Bring it. Yeah. Uh, and then, what, you know, some other minor modification. I'd want, I'd want that front tooth back. Yeah. And how hard is that going to be for them, right? Would you correct your vision because you like glasses? That's a really good question. Yeah. You could still have glasses. I get asked this a lot. Why don't you get surgery? Oh, I mean, if we had <laughs> surgery to fix every little problem. Uh, why don't you get eye surgery? Though? We'd grow old and wouldn't yeah. die yet. Why don't you get that surgery where they add two centimeters to your leg bones? I've read about this. I had a friend. Mm-hmm. I had a friend in elementary school. They did that to her. Oh, oh. She, she was had... nearly elfin. She was tiny, not in a Middle Earth way. Mm-hmm. She was a little girl. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. She was not really super normative. She was not growing in the way they had anticipated. She was off the graph. And there was apparently some kind of horrific medieval 1970s surgery where they could stretch your bones. Yeah, right. They would it's put, like that uh, Rivers Cuomo surgery, right? They'd give you an exoskeleton, yes. and then every day they would, they would turn the knob. Right. And it would just... Call just it like mecha reparations. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get a little bit taller, but not a lot. I don't think they can add like six inches to you. But you, you're already pretty tall. It seems to me they can just maybe sand off some edges. Not big. No, no. Nothing that would take away the essential jawness, but how long did you have that missing tooth? How long was that? Well, I still have it. It's just that I have some, I just have some kind of. You're like, like the opposite of someone on Hee Haw. Like you have a cosmetic tooth. <laughs> I, w- I went into Ikea and bought one of those Chinese screens and cut it down and, and like. A little bit ping pong. Stuck it in. Uh, no, this tooth uh, that's in the center here is just, is just held in with epoxy. No, seriously. You it is, eat so much. It's epoxied between the two You teeth. eat so many foods. I, how is it in there? I have trained myself to not eat with that tooth. You're like my daughter with the missing teeth. You go around it. You're like... Yeah, so I go... Strategy. Yeah, I think it's an easy sell. I think aliens come in. They want an insider. And they are going to just roll out the red carpet, whatever it is. But I've said this before, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a, like, you know, throw me the head or throw you the whip type situation. You're going to have to get some of the locals involved, some of the natives, little bit, little fixes, natives. little bit. So super ping pong. Worst. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, uh, this audience especially has, oh. watched, uh, has watched enough X-Men comic books. <laughs> right? To know. Snicked. <laughs> To know that at a certain point, you, you go grab any raccoon, and you nail him to a board, and you change his skeleton, and then he becomes friends with a tree, and, and then... Uh, You've been reading Wikipedia. Then they, they scare up some trouble in the universe, and yeah. I, feel like, I feel like if they can do that to a raccoon, why wouldn't they do it to an already 86% specimen like myself? <laughs> right. Right? Start with, like, start with a good baseline... 
See, first, here's the thing. First, they're going to want to do whatever it takes to keep you alive. If you're the emissary, right, they need you there. They trust you for some reason. Would you know, would you know, before they do the treatments, would you know if they had already given you tasks to find out the extent to which you are able to be the emissary? They, how, how will you know? They know they, the, the, it's not that they trust me. It's that they trust that you trust me. Mm. Right, so they're not scanning me. They're no. scanning you. Yes. Who do we trust? And then they are saying, this name keeps coming up. <laughs> John Roderick. Bleep glop, zeep zorp. <laughs> yeah. There's it a lot. Like, we people don't, trust John we Roderick. Don't, we don't like him. He's so tall. <laughs> but everybody seems to say, like all the people we admire most... All the, uh, all the computer maths people who are going you know, to help us keep the, the hydroelectric projects running all seem to uh, listen to this one podcast. So we'd better, uh, we'd better bioengineer the one guy into like a super superhuman. That's, uh, I'm just speculating. It sells itself. Yeah. So that's what I was doing today, sitting in the shower. I mean, a lot of people masturbate in the shower. I'm, I'm, I never, uh, under- never understood that. Masturbating in the shower? Love masturbating. The shower thing seems like a real derail. Oh. It just, it just, it's one of those things like playing quarters. We were like, do you really need a game to drink? That seems pretty weird. I'd really like to enjoy more of this alcohol, but uh, can I bounce a coin? It's like you can masturbate literally anywhere. Do you remember the... <laughs> this is a dark room, people. <laughs> uh, do you remember the first time you had sex in a hot tub? Uh, I remember the first time I tried. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Oh, That's this is key. you know what this is. This is the this is the coitus version of snipe hunting. We say it like snipe hunting, right? You ever been snipe hunting? And you go, no, but I'm, gee whiz, I sure I'm willing to try it. Take this sack, you run out in the woods and such, and you catch a snipe. Asking somebody, nobody has ever had sex in a hot tub. That is my thesis. Well, it turns out the way to have sex in a hot tub is to have sex just out of a hot tub. <laughs> oh man. Right, yeah. you have to just get the sex parts just above the water. Yes. The water's been treated. There's redwood. It's a terrible idea. Why would you, why would you do that? It's, it's gritty. Because it seems so sexy when yeah. you are just starting having sex. There's a lot of things that seem really sexy when you start having sex that just... <laughs> just leave them on the dresser. Do not touch them. Don't do it. There's so many of those. A good friend of mine said that she uh, finds any representation of sex in uh, a shower to be repulsive. And I was like, any representation? What about that one where the octopus is having sex with the girl? Uh, The Japanese comic book. Uh And she was like, I haven't seen that. And I was like, on my way over. You know what it is? It's a failure of imagination, right? Lack of exposure. Yeah, I don't know. People are having sex too many places. And the marijuana? What a mess. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that marijuana. Oh. You know, it used to be that you could reliably have a live podcast in an Italian social hall in front of a bunch of nerds in San Francisco and be confident that none of them had ever had sex or smoked marijuana. They're saving themselves. Right, but now I feel like everybody in this place is probably baked... They're probably and, having intercourse with a doobie right now. Yeah, and, well, they're, they're all baked, and they're probably finger-banging the person sitting next to them. It's no question. Man it's, or woman. Why not? Friday night, surge rates. Let's do it. <laughs> Have we met? No. 
These kids today. The reason Jesus I don't use Christ, the God. reason I don't use Uber. I was having this conversation earlier today. I used Uber one time because I believe in I believe in the concept of Uber. It's a disruptive technology. <laughs> And you know how I feel about it's disruptive cars. technologies. I'm it's really. Just cars. I just want. I, if a te- te- technology isn't disruptive, I got no time for it. Ah. You know what it is? It's counter revolutionary. It's counter disruptive revolutionary. Not, not them, the other ones. These, we call them legacy industries. The legacy industries, we're carrying them like a baby. We should all be out there trying the truly revolutionary disruptive companies. When the legacy industry looks back on the beach and they see one set of tire prints, it's yes. me carrying them. Like a fucking baby. It's okay, cabbie. We're good. <laughs> so I used Uber one time, and I was like, I looked at my Uber, I, I downloaded the app, and I was already insulted. Uh, <laughs> it blinks. You like, hate apps that blink. Ah. But then Before I looked it at even it, starts, it yeah, goes, I was just like, boop, 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 shut up. I'm not doing anything. Boop. And then it said, oh, yeah, to go from you know, point A to point B is going to cost 30 bucks. And I was like, okay, good. Let's, like, let's do it. And then I made the fatal error. I was like, you know what? Actually, I want a Suburban. I want to... <laughs> I don't want Tonight make... I shall require a Suburban. I don't, I don't want to make this trip in a Prius. I see that there is a Suburban option, and I'm going to take it. And then somewhere in the transaction... Uh, some kind of surge pricing came in. And by the end of the thing, and then, you know, and the guy's very nice, and he gives you two bottles of Dasani water that you toss immediately out the window. Why? Because Dasani water is just Coke water full of salt and uh, impurities. Pass through what kind of animal? Uh, <laughs> a raccoon. A raccoon. A dead raccoon. You're welcome. Uh, um... Uh, and so, uh, so then the bill comes, what, like a day later or two days later or something? It's $125, it cost me, to drive across town during some kind of surge. Surge pricing. During some sort of surge. Because surge. And I was just like, this is bullshit. Mm. Fuck this company. And How was the it. Suburban? Was it nice? It was a nice Suburban. Yeah. <laughs> Leather seats. Shocking. I had to do a thing. I had to go to Portland last weekend. And my friend Why were said, hey, you in Portland? I'm not saying. And they said, do you want us to get you at the airport? I said, no problem. I'll just get an Uber. And, and, and in Portland, an Uber is just like a green Subaru Outback, like a 79 or an 89 Subaru Outback, right? Yeah, that's being pulled by six fixies a la Santa. <laughs> Everybody's got fucking neck tattoos and a Macklemore haircut. Whatever. <laughs> now, now, uh, no, seriously, what were you doing in Portland? Why are you? They so don't have to- Uber there. They don't have Uber, oh. and you can't pump your own gas. Oh, it's out. Well, I know that. No you know, that's, Uber. Well, that you know, Portland. Shut them down. Portland is the last place where Maoist job work work programs are yes. still in effect. That, if, is it working? It seems like people are doing pretty well. People keep moving there. Yes. It's very flat. They keep moving there, and they work at a gas station, and then they graduate to, like, the Dreamcatcher factory. And then they work, right. work their way up, but it's not a hierarchical system there, you can man. A, you can uh, you get, a, get to be a hog waxer. Mm. Uh, you, you, you can become a, a Macklemore shiner. You can just move all the way up. Mm. Joint roller. Fixing then analyst. Joint roller to the mayor. Jo- joint roller to the mayor, too. <laughs> Uh, what a uh, racket. You know, Portland is an amazing place, and yes. I, I, I give it a lot of shit because, uh, because it feels like a, like a younger sibling uh, that hasn't really been to college yet. Or um, uh, It's like Seattle. It's like if Seattle had never gotten its ass kicked. Yeah, well, no, Portland got its ass kicked. It's like if Seattle's balls never dropped. Oh, right. 
uh, which is amazing, but I mean, I can't really talk about that. Uh, They're on in stage. there, but we can't find them. Yeah, yeah. that's my, one of the conditions of it's my a, pool. It's a really, it's a really nice town. Yeah. What were you doing there? I can't say. Why are you so cryptic about your job? Why are you so asky about questions? <laughs> From, Jesus. When I first met Merlin, he had a PC. That's just, <laughs> you know. And I. <sighs> his job was. Writing computer maths uh, for the, like the early internet, which was some kind of thing where you like you did the little. When like, you met me, I had a PC, and my job was writing computer maths for the internet. Yeah, you did the little. You were like, "Would you like a website? What if a little man came out carrying a flag and said, you know, like, hey, click, <laughs> right? Little animated uh, gif gifs." Yeah, and <laughs> it's been on Gupeg. <laughs> And now, whenever I ask you about your job or what you're doing, you're like, mm, sorry, I can't talk about it. Need to know information, John. Need to know information. Yeah, those were crazy days. I, um... <laughs> it was so fun to be there for you mm, haltingly accepting the idea the internet might exist mm. and then ha- having to slowly, so slowly confront what it might mean if you actually looked at it and got involved in it. Because you were, I mean, not to exaggerate it, but you were pretty skeptical about every aspect of it. Still. And now, no, you're so excited now. You're loving it. Truth be told, I go on Twitter. I go on um, some other app. Oh, I go on eBay uh, because sometimes there are belt buckles there. And then sometimes I go on the uh, I go on the Google and uh, and uh, and like a Google uh, questions about the Seahawks to try and figure out what everybody's yelling about. But their football team. Uh, I'm very happy about them now. Wow. Hate crime. Wow. Look at that. Are you a, are you a what are you? What's your affiliation? Uh, I mean, other other than one of those little moo cows that when you turn it. Uh, you have like a 49ers fan? Oh. I bleed whatever their colors are. <laughs> I assume. I, it, ha- it would have to be a 49ers fan um, because. Wow. Whoa. Settle down. You think you're better than me? <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a Cowboys fan. You think you're better than me? Go Niners. Uh, that's the local team. Yeah, footballs. Um, so, uh, but I know I'm, I'm very excited about it because of the athleticism and yes. the competitive spirit. Dynamism. And the, uh, it's an opportunity for tribalism, which is a thing I'm very interested in. Branding. And uh, I was just, I was just uh, uh, in Africa. Um, uh, I'm not segueing. What, what, what are we doing there? On, I'm not segueing on the tribalism. I'm segueing on the... I'll take it. I'll take it. I want to know. I want to know what one privileged white man learned from going to Africa. I'm. I, I, I am segueing on the. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just. Uh, don't, t- don't touch my bell. When, when I when I, when when we're doing our podcast, sometimes I play with the bell. Oh, like you this, do that really? But it, it doesn't make any noise. I just I just do this, uh, and I started doing that. I don't. No, help yourself. That's no, good. okay, you're great. Um, I, I, I was there, and I realized that n- there are no people in the uh, U.S. Armed Forces 
from the West Coast or the East Coast. They are all from Texas and Georgia. <laughs> a lot like of they the, pulled the plug on Georgia and, and all the soldiers. Everybody's from there, and they are a lot of them stationed in California, but their football loyalties are all for uh, teams that are in the American South. They pull for the Atlanta Peaches, yep. the Dallas Dust Bowls. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, the Florida Swamps. The Arkansas Apologies. So uh, I was there. The Alabama Reparations. <laughs> I was there in the The West Seahawks. Virginia, No, We're Not Virginia. <laughs> there is no West Virginia football team. Yeah, sure. You got the coal miners' Yeah, the coal miners' daughters. daughters. <laughs> they have yeah. a giant Loretta Lynn character. Yeah. They're yeah. little, but boy, they can take a hit. Um... Oh, come on. You come up that way. You know what? They're made of tough stuff, those girls. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm there, and I'm like, woo, Seahawks, right? And I was just greeted with, I mean, I was already greeted with a wall of military, uh, like, uh, hoo-ah, right? But, uh, but no, there were no Seahawks fans. I was very surprised. Not at all. Huh. Just, it was, I mean, I guess everybody hates the Patriots. Right? <laughs> Boy, this this uh, I'm really really pandering to this audience, aren't what's I? What's up with their What's up with their team? <laughs> New England, am I right? Thanks, Obama. <laughs> their their clothes are primarily white. Football. Thanks for coming tonight. Oh, it's my pleasure. This is a great uh, place. Can you believe this? This is amazing. I don't want to take you off Africa. I don't want to hear about the rains down in Africa. But we came in here. I did not know what we were walking into here. What, what I was surprised at was I assumed every Italian social club had a big white wedding cake on the stage at all times. <laughs> right? I walked like, in. Like I was a paper like, towel dispenser. It just keeps popping back up. <laughs> where's the freaking cake? Uh, and, uh, and Mama yeah. comes up to sing. And I feel like these chandeliers are very yeah. similar to the chandelier that hung over our dining room table in the 70s. Those, uh, in a smaller version, hung over every rental home in Florida in the yeah, 1980s. It is a little bit like it's that. It's very right? reminiscent. It's yeah, this, 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 this place is amazing. It is really, uh, it's been affected by every problematic design problem over the last 60 years. <laughs> and yet the photos, the ladies' room is upstairs. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. And there are some amazing photos on the wall. They're fantastic. There. Well, and this green velvet. Green velvet. <laughs> I just bought a green velvet suit on eBay. Really? I'm amazed. Uh, I was on there looking at belt buckle. And I saw... You pivoted. And I don't know what, you know, I don't know what happened. I clicked a hyperlink. Uh, It was, uh, you know, it was uh, XHTML. Yes. Uh, Valid. And and, uh, suddenly I was looking at green velvet suits and I was like, that one's my size. And I just bought it just spontaneously, which is why I shouldn't go on eBay. And it came in the mail, and it fits, and I feel like a couch. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm so happy, and I almost thought about, I almost thought about wearing it to, to this show, but then I felt like it, that's not really a travel suit, you know? Like, yeah, right. Like, you get, you're traveling, you're, you're wearing down the velvet. No, that, that's an in-situ, at-home kind of suit. Yeah, you wear, that, you wear that. I mean, the problem is that a lot of people, and I'm sure people in this room have made this mistake, you think a green velvet suit is a Christmas suit. Right. That's not accurate. But you don't want to wear your green velvet suit on Christmas or Easter. That is just too on the nose. A little on the nose, yeah. yeah. You want to wear your green velvet suit to, say, a Rotary Club meeting. <laughs> or while you're reading Bible verses to the girl in your man dungeon. <laughs> 
I'm a leprechaun. <laughs> oh, my man dungeon. I love it so. You'll the notice, Apostle Luke says, you'll notice that they have they have the 1980s art deco like faux art deco chandeliers. Yeah. But on the stage, they've replaced the analog lights with digital lights. Yeah. It's it's uh it yeah, those are like LEDs, right? They are LEDs. So they're green, like they're, the stage. They're all the colors, all the colors of the rainbow. If the rainbow has three colors. And it creates a very lifelike uh, glow if you live in an operating room. I, it feels a little bit Hall of Presidents to me. Well, well it's, like, it's like, and then let me put it this way. No, no, and it, not in a mean way. But like you've, every town has like the nice community theater and the other one. And that one decided to have the Hall of Presidents as a show. Oh, the Hall right? of Presidents. Yes. Are you talking about, is this, that, that's the show at Chuck E. Cheese, right? Where they play banjos? That's right. I'm Calvin Coolidge. I will not be remembered well. <laughs> Bust your tray. But this is, you know, these, these things, these LED lights, they are really solving a problem that it's like solving a non-problem, I feel like. Yeah. I'm against, in general, LED lights in my own home. I am very much, like many things in our culture today, very much in favor of you doing it. If that's what turns you on. Yes. If, you want to have, if you want to change all your light bulbs over to LEDs, and I don't want to be one of these people that's like has a conspiracy theory website talking about, well, I can't, frankly, I do. But I, I can help you with that. <laughs> but I don't want, it to, be about, I don't want it, to be, it to be about light bulbs. Obviously, it's going to be about chemtrails. Got to keep your powder dry. But uh, this whole LED thing, it just feels like that whole thing that we, it's like recycling paper towels or whatever we were talking about 15 years ago. Yeah. Where it's like, really, paper towels, really? See, I was I, all the whole recycling thing. Not to get all like pendulette, but I, I don't understand how that is viable. Are, are, Someone drives around in a fucking truck, picks up your rolling rock bottles, and then what does that get made into? A park bench, like a helmet? Like what? What happens with that? It gets made into helmets. <laughs> have, have you noticed how many kids are wearing helmets now? Glass helmets. <laughs> glass helmets. I love glass helmets. Oh, They're, I saw glass. They're from. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're from uh, Hamburg. Part of uh, Hamburg. sound. <laughs> uh, I, I, you, this is the thing. When I was a kid, no kids wore helmets. No. What was the What was the, fir- the first time you saw somebody in a helmet? Uh, right. It was, was it a, right, right after his friend died for not wearing a helmet. <laughs> it was a. Back then, our heads would explode like melons, and we thought it was part of the process. The only I'd people stand on a car seat. The only people that wore helmets were test pilots and cops, like but motorcycle cops, right? Right. And now uh, I was in Park Slope uh, not very long ago, and like the kids are wearing helmets in the grocery store. <laughs> and it's part of the it's, it's Brooklyn. It's part of the problem, but it's happening here too. I, it must be. Yeah, I got mixed feelings. I got mixed feelings because on the one hand, like I wish you could be a little kid in a very very heavy Pontiac, like standing on the seat while your father drives and smokes. That's an indelible, wonderful memory for me. A lot of problems with it, mm. let's be honest. What was the first time somebody went around the corner and the door opened and you fell out? Well, how many times? I mean, that's just how you do, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, one time we lost my sister uh, right out the door. And for, fortunately, it was like into a patch of gravel. And so she just... She's, she's an athlete, so she probably yeah, she rolled. she slid and rolled. And yes. I think she was crying mostly because she was startled. <laughs> Walk, walk, walk it off, Susan. You're good. Yeah, right. And your dad's just listening to big band music really loud. No, that was my mom's car, actually. Uh, you know, uh, that, that was one of the... Uh, my mom's car, she had a Dodge Dart, a Dodge Dart Swinger. 
Nice. And unfortunately, I think what her version of reality was that we hung on the doors and swung on the doors and ruined the hinges or something. Now, I don't ever remember a single time swinging on the door that of the car. That sounds like you. But, I mean, think about how fun that is. It's <sighs> just a one-way trip, and it's pretty short. Like, you can't really, like, where am I going? Bonk. Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't remember doing it, but my mom always swore that the doors were sprung. That was the term she used. These doors are sprung. <laughs> They're sprung because you hung on them and swung around. Do you remember when you started wearing seatbelts? Do you remember? Because here's the thing. I, I, don't, I remember seatbelts being in cars. I remember when we bought a car that went beep, beep, beep when you sat in it without putting the seatbelt on. My mom took it to the Pontiac dealership, had them disconnect the beep, disconnect. beep, beep. <laughs> Could you shut off that beeping? Uh, my recollection is that... Stop saving my family. Start, uh, starting in about 1988, I had a very clear sense that you wore a seatbelt in European cars. But not in American cars. And that's back when European cars came with an oh-god handle. Right. The American cars did not at that right. time. Right. If you got a German car or you know, if you got a Japanese car, like any kind of like an import car... They, they were way more swingy on the road. You kind of yeah. needed that. Yeah, you had to hold on to something, and you had the seatbelt. Remember the so, like VWs? These have little straps you hang on to? Of course. Yeah. Oh, my God. The times, uh, times I had hanging on to the strap of a everybody, VW. Everybody inside is intoxicated from the gas fumes. <laughs> it's the gas from the heater, right? The gas, it's not the gas from the motor because that's behind, that's but the gas-powered heater that's right under the... I, I, my bus had an engine in the back, and I smelled that gas good and strong. I had a bus, and it caught on fire, and I smelled that. <laughs> You know what I learned? It's really super important to change the oil in a VW. Hmm. Super duper important. Too, uh, too little, too late. Otherwise, you get this expression from your girlfriend. We are recording this to put out as a podcast. Sorry, I was making a face that goes like this. And my wife, Camille. Mm. But no, I definitely remember feeling a very clear distinction between cars you wore a seatbelt in and cars you didn't. Yeah. And I feel like cars you didn't wear a seatbelt in were cars where if, the, if, your, uh, if your significant other was in the other chair, if it was just like a big upholstered couch and they could like scooch over as you were driving, right. you didn't want a seatbelt in there. No way. But if you were in a car that had bucket seats and an and emergency break in between and there was no chance of like migratory like sex butt, yes. why not put a seatbelt on? Most of the cars had the bench seat. Bench seat, big bench seat. Big I had a, seat. a Chrysler Imperial. It was a Chrysler Newport Imperial. It was at a time in the Chrysler model range where they were just throwing all the names. At, at, at. It was like, well, there used to be a These Chrysler. These are all good. Yeah. There used to be a Chrysler Imperial. Now there's, well, there used to be a Chrysler Newport. We can't make them both. Limited edition. <laughs> Chrysler Newport Imperial. And, uh, and that had a seat. I mean, seriously, if you were sitting in the passenger seat of the Chrysler, you would be further away from me than you are now. Jesus. <laughs> I remember I could lay down in the back of our Pontiac until I was about 11. Just like all the way across without touching on either side. That was a big-ass car. Goddamn America. Fucking A. What's happened to us? What is happening? We have fallen so far, and our podcast has fallen so far. We are just now an old man podcast. How does anybody get sex butt now? I don't think you're allowed to have sex now, except uh, in, uh, in like constrained circumstances. You'd have to share a banana seat I think something. it's Antioch rules all the time now. What is that? Antioch rules. You have to like fill out a form. Uh, oh, so, oh. Like, can I go to notarized. second base? Yes. Can I go to second and a half base? Yeah. 
There yeah. is no second and a half base. There, there <laughs> you is don't understand Antioch. baseball. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. People keep breeding. I keep seeing people with happy smiles on their faces. So I they must be having What if it's the friends. same people? It must be the same people. I don't think new people are dipping a toe into the intercourse thing. I think it's like it's the same people just repeating it over and over. That's all I can figure. What was the last time you saw somebody with more than one or two kids? Rarely. Well, no, in San Francisco. You live in a big city, big yeah, liberal in a city. a small part of the big city. In San Francisco, if you're in a couple, you need to have uh, two kids and one dog or one kid and two dogs. You could potentially have two kids and two dogs. That is within the zoning. <laughs> but if you have two dogs and one kid, you better be working on another fucking kid. Well, you know, I have you, one. They come in pairs. I have one kid. You have one kid. As far as I know. My kid... The other day said, I want a sister. And I said, you might get a brother. If you're not careful. And she said, that's fine. Because she has no idea what words mean. But she said this, I want a sister, in earshot of her mother, who then looked at me with arched eyebrows, signifying all of eternity. (laughs) And then I was like, running up a sandy hill. (laughs) And... It's such an innocent request. (laughs) Running up a sandy hill, thinking of all kinds of things. And then I was like, I have, to, I have a plane to catch. <laughs> so that's where we left it. When I get back to Seattle, they're going to show up at the airport, the baby in the car seat, baby's mama, and they're both going to be arching their eyebrows at me. I'm going to be standing there with a guitar in one hand and a suitcase in the other. We're supposed to have an answer. Turn on your heel and walk back <laughs> on the plane. <laughs> wow, what an awkward conversation. Well, I don't know. I mean, people have been having them for thousands of years. Yeah, I guess so. What do you do? What it's do you a do? a lot of work. What do you do when your kid says, I want a brother or sister? Oh, I feign a stroke. <laughs> yeah. That's really interesting. <laughs> I, you know, it's the same as when she wants a pet. I'm like, it's a lot of fucking work, honey. Like, you know, she, she thinks like, I, I, I want a cat. I want a dog. I want a whatever. And it's like, like, you know, I can't get you to finish a bath. Like, do you know how much work it is to have another person in the house that you buy things for? I love it's that. It's extraordinary. I love that thinking, though. What if I just say, you'll have to clean up after him? <laughs> you want a little brother, you're going to have to feed him and clean, him, clean his cage. Well, I think the, the kennel. <laughs> the clean the kennel. The kennel, yeah. The, well, I mean, I think it's, it's something where, like, if you really want to address the question and break their spirit, make them earn it in a way you know they can't. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's how I was raised. It's like, it's like finally somebody that I can outthink. It's, I mean, it's not going to be consistent. It's not going to be forever. But like, it's so fucking obvious with everything that she's trying to do. I've told you about the compromises, right? Where she says, "Daddy, I have a compromise. Yeah. Tonight, instead of a bath, I will have chocolate and watch Goldfinger again." <laughs> And I say that's very compelling, but I'm, I'm not really quite sure which part of that constitutes a compromise. Yeah, right. Okay, I'll have five chocolates and Goldfinger, <laughs> but no bad. My daughter has just recently started uh, saying to me, uh, Daddy, I like all boys except one. 
And I go, I'll bite. (laughs) Who's the one boy you don't like? And she says, Daddy. So precious. (laughs) And I say, I've been dealing with your kind for a lot longer than you've been alive. (laughs) Got anything else? (laughs) I know how this ends. Uh You have a baby with me. Wait a minute. It's Roderickception. Oh no! <laughs> oh yeah, but like I, I love the, the, like that I can just see it coming from a mile off. And you know, most of the time I want to be a good steward of that kind of thing. I don't want to punish the child for being ambitious or thinking she could fool me. But I do have to be able to draw the line a little bit because there are things where that's you know that's not really a compromise. And so you get to be like a like a Greek god and come up with tasks that must be performed. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh! So you you want to have a, a a baby brother? Oh, wait a minute! Since when do Greek gods talk like Southern lawyers? <laughs> Depends on the firm you're hiring. <laughs> oh, you want a baby brother? Oh, that's a, that's an interesting idea. Maybe we'll start with a cat, and you clean in your room every night for six weeks. We'll see how that goes. Oh. <laughs> You're just setting her up for failure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a magnet here. <laughs> you can do anything; it doesn't matter. It's just it's obvious after a day. Failure, crying <laughs> tears. Console me by buying me something. I hope it's not alive because obviously you can't take care of it. I'm moving the magnet. <laughs> it's the thing also with money. She's decided she wants to. You know who fucking cares? It's a kid. I know. Shut up. But I, I, I'll be over it in a second. But it's really super annoying. She, uh, she's discovered things like money right. as a thing now, and she wants more of stuff, and she wants to have a mansion. Uh, she, wants to be, she's, she has a heist that she's working on pulling off so she can buy a boat. Fuck yeah! Yeah. Well, and I, but the thing is, I, candidly, I'm trying to explain to her how to get away with stuff in life. And I, I want to do it in a useful way, but not, please and thank you, uh, honey terrific way to get away with stuff. Mm. Also, if you're going to have a heist, don't tell me about it. Mm -hmm. If you're going to have a heist, if you're going to jump out a window and you need me to have a mattress out there that you can jump on, you should get somebody else involved because I'm totally not going to do that. I don't want you to be at our house with the treasure that you've stolen. So don't tell me about the plan. See, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm... I want her to succeed, but, you know, not at at my peril. I'm hoping that, that my daughter is interested in pulling off some heists. God, yes. And I really want her to tell me about it because finally somebody around here would have a good plan for a fucking heist. <laughs> right? Like, that's part of my problem. I'm waiting around for somebody to come to me and say, like, here's the bank. Here's where we dig the hole in the swimming pool of the club next door. Right. Right? Here's uh, the deal. We buy a hardware store. <laughs> but everybody's always we looking at me for We keep it for 15 years. <laughs> we sell it suddenly. <laughs> we move into the baby clothes store next door. No, wait, wait, wait. We retire. We get a facelift. We come in. We you've put a mattress got, outside the window and get the treasure and go back to the house. You've got a very, very long con idea of how heists go. <laughs> You're sweet to say so. <laughs> yeah, I love a long con. Uh, I, I just introduced Flo to the idea of money. Oh, come on. Uh, by, i got to bloop it now. Oh, right. Sorry. But I just said her name. That's not a thing that we typically do. Forget it. Erase your mind. It's I'm using my powers given to me by our alien overlords <laughs> to selectively erase your mind. I will pelt you with my former cancers. 
But so anyway, not to. <laughs> I'm keeping my former cancers. You have melanomas on your face. My my collection of my former cancers is one of my favorite collections. I love that. That's that, that Sloan EP, yeah, right? I just yeah. I bought one of those little curio boxes, and I have each little cancerous blob in there. Special, special. <laughs> It looks like the it looks like the box of rocks they give you when you take intro to geology. Every one of them is n- numbered and named. <laughs> Little personal cancer geo. Schist and uh, so feldspar. Uh, but uh, but I so I'm not to bring it back to my recent trip to Africa, which obviously I'm dying to talk about. But I was uh, I was embedded. How in are my, the tents? <laughs> I was embedded. You know what? You know what? Dan Benjamin maybe wants to start a podcast network with me. <laughs> I bet it's already recording somewhere. Yeah. Every show is four and a half hours long. Here's, <laughs> Here's uh, the thing about olive jars. <laughs> Every show is four and a half hours long because Dan Benjamin didn't invest in a bell. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time I learned to drive a Jeep? <laughs> anyway, in the, when, you're, when you're embedded... <laughs> when you're embedded with the special forces team, as I've recently been, uh, this is part of a military culture that maybe you uh, uh, you hippies uh, won't know anything about. But uh, the concept of the challenge coin, are you familiar with the challenge coin? Challenge coin, uh, different outfits have uh, a coin that represents them, and they can trade them with others. Mm-hmm. And it's a thing, right? Yeah, right. I think it started with... It's the like s- emblematic of your group. It started with the SEALs. And if you, if you, if you uh, met somebody in a bar and you're like, you know, I'm a seal or whatever, and you couldn't produce the challenge coin, then they would give you a swirly. Oh. Or worse, some kind of seal like seal swirly. Seal Team 6 swirly. Seal Team 6 swirly. Which is, does any, based on the audience reaction, I fear that you do not know what swirlies are. Oh, I think these guys have oh, had yeah. some swirlies. <laughs> I oh, see chocolate oh, they, they, swirly. Yeah. I see lemon swirly. <laughs> they were just having a trigger problem right there. They were like, oh, swirly. <laughs> oh, God. Could you please have a trigger warning for restrooms? Oh, God. I don't want to be in junior high anymore. Uh, so, anyway. Challenge coins. Challenge coins have now proliferated in the military. Everybody's got one, although it seemed like only the officers had them. Hmm. Uh, but every time I went to shake hands with some kind of commanding officer, there was a coin in his hand that was meant for me. You're like, thank you, Commander, for having us on the base. Whoa. They, they give them away to people? They, they give them away to special friends. So, for instance, oh, pardon me, that was a, sorry, bad ring. So I would say, I'd be like, hello. Oh, nice to meet you. And then, no, you got to shake the hand with oh, the coin. Oh, with the coin. <laughs> and the coin's in there, and then you feel the bond of the coin or something. Yes. Wow. And then wow. you take the coin. And then they give you a look just in case you missed that they just handed you a coin. They also give you a look like, I just handed you a coin. So you're like, oh, oh. Do you have any idea what face to give him in return for that? The, I mean, I... Because he's giving you a coin face. Like, what do you do in response? I had super gay. You know, I have just sort of a general gratitude face that I try and wear all the time. Give me a shot. Me just a sort of like... <laughs> <laughs> My... My, I totally get. Thank my, you for your challenge coin. My general ch- gratitude coin also expresses my reluctance to feel gratitude. <laughs> uh, so I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, oh, I, I didn't have anything for you. And so, right, exactly. That was another <laughs> oh, problem. Like, like, how uh, indebted am I to you now? 
Uh, but now, so now, because I went on this tour of various military bases, I have a, a collection of these coins, some of which are the size of Eisenhower dollars. And they're all, they all have uh, 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 lots of colors on them and, and, and dragons and demons and people holding pitchforks and, like, death from above and all this stuff. Even, like, the, even the guys that in the, you know, like the cook's mess or whatever, they're like, <laughs> death from above, like Salisbury steak from above. <laughs> And so I have all these things, and then I realize that this is a whole... Honor on a shingle. <laughs> this is a whole culture, right? And you're meant to... And the, and, and the CIA has them, and everybody in the government now... The CIA has, has them? Has challenge coins. That's a terrible idea. I know. When, if somebody slips you, they're like, thanks for, you know, thanks for like coming to That's like a ninja that advertises. Yeah. Like, that's and you're like, weird. Oh, shit. Oh, you're in the CIA? Oops. Fuck. I, I, don't, have, I don't have anything for you. <laughs> but so now I have these challenge coins, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, these are, like, important to people, and I feel like... This would be the type of thing that was important to me if it didn't feel a little perfunctory. Mm-hmm. And the perfunctory nature of it, you know, a couple of them just said, like, commanding officer. I was like, did you get this in one of those games where the robot arm comes and you were looking for a Sounds teddy like bear? like an Archie McPhee you... thing that yeah, you right. might get for a kid's party. Commanding officer. One like, gross of get, get, challenge coins. Yeah, get your name on it at least or something. Yeah. Uh, so I came back and I had this little bag of coins that was actually pretty substantial coins. And I was like, you know, daughter. Hello, daughter. Nice to see you. Here's some money I brought you. <laughs> and she was pretty into it until she started to see all the, like, flaming skull heads on them. <laughs> and I was like, never forget. <laughs> You know what your father had to do to get those? That's right. <laughs> Unhooks falsely. <laughs> Every morning, remember to thank me for my service. If uh, you uh, were going to make your own challenge coin, do you have a sense of what the uh, design might be? What my challenge coin would be? Well, you know, I don't know if it's, it's, it could be for your vocation. It just could be for your aspirations. But it'd be kind of cool and super creepy if when you met people, you handed them a coin they didn't ask for. I feel like and put it on them. Let them give you the gratitude face. Fuck them. I feel like mine would have a raven on one side, kind of giving you the hairy eyeball, and then a GMC RV on the other side, <laughs> also giving you the hairy eyeball. <laughs> and just you'd have to figure out what that meant. I uh, like a coin. You got to figure out. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, yeah, right. A coin that you take back to your room and you. You take out. We got a typo on it, or something. You just say a little typo. I deliver a typo. What? Some some you know, like conflicting information on it. Yeah. Weird spelled W I E R D. You know, the, every night. John Roderick challenge going. When I'm traveling with my passport, every night, I can't help it. Yeah. I go back to my room and I look at all the stamps in my passport. Are you traveling with your passport right now? Did you bring your passport just to come to this part of San Francisco? You're like, well, I'm leaving the sunset. I'd better bring my passport. Let me see it. Oh, I can't see it? Oh. Yeah, I guess. I just don't Private. want to tell you what I do in Portland. Um, um, did they, did let they me ask you a question. Me? If you've got to run the fuck out of the country, where do you want your passport? It's at home. It's on safe deposit box. It's in the little vault. No, it's by your ass, and you're running toward the door. I can't this believe is, you don't carry yours all the this time. This is the ultimate uh, small bag. Yes. Read, read the front page. Read the overleaf. Uh, well, you know, I don't... You know what it's, you know what it says, not that. Whoa, hello, nice. Charles Nelson Riley picture. I, I was taking prednisone. <laughs> Shoot the camera over here. 
What does it say? Well, uh, you know what it says uh, in the, every passport? The, the, the Inga, Tree of Liberty is uh, watered with the blood of Patriots. They talked about this on maybe Bionic, the, with the different things that are inside of the passports. Um, the Secretary of State, you've you got to be a little drunk when you do it. The Secretary of State of the United States of America hereby requests all whom it may concern to permit the citizen slash national. Start a little Patriot song. Come on, do it. You have to be patriotic. Sing it. Sing it like you mean it. You have to be a little drunk and also be Andrew Jackson. (laughs) I don't care for Native Americans. (laughs) Old Hickory, they called me. (laughs) The world's worst Andrew Jackson reenactor. I'm not. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not personally acquainted. With the history of Mr. Jackson and my accent tends to change every 12 to 17 minutes. Tipperoo and Tyler Ta- Two. <laughs> Tyler Two and Tippy Toe. Well, Tyler Two, Tyler Perry's Tippy Canoe. Requests all who it may concern to permit the citizen slash national of the United States named herein to pass without delay or hindrance and in case of need to give all lawful aid. And protection. All lawful Small aid. fucking bag. Hey, look at that. No, no, no. Let me show you uh, what. Let me show you some shit that you need to know. Oh, look at that. That's right. We have the same wallet. Because yeah, I gave your mom that, and then she gave it to you. Yeah. Uh, Merlin, I don't remember buying his mother a wallet. <laughs> Merlin gave my mom a, a men's wallet as a as a thank you gift. I got her some driving gloves, a crop. <laughs> I, I, super and, uh, weird. I don't remember them. And she was like, I Did you get the nylons I sent? I don't know what to do with this. And I was like, oh, I'll take it. And now I've had it for years. Look and at look that. at us. Aw. Uh, Wonder Twin Powers, activate! Shape of an ice monkey. I love you. Anyway, uh, you carry around your passport. Yeah. <clears throat> I carry around these <laughs> items. What, uh, what, the state of Washington, what the state of Washington offers this you is... This is not flattering, John. No, that is... What? <laughs> it's not meant to be flattering. It's meant to be intimidating. <laughs> I want police, when they look at my driver's you know, license, like to you, be scared. You work in a cafeteria at the State Department. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a cafeteria in the State no, Department. No, there's not a gluten-free option. <laughs> this, this picture says to any police officer in the United States, I know your boss. Nick, come here, Nick. Is that intimidating? Yes! It is intimidating. I stand corrected. Nick says it's intimidating. Yes, this says... This says, go ahead, give me a ticket. Right. Go ahead. And also give a ticket to the bags under my eyes. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, give me a ticket. And, and I have your badge number memorized. And then this. <laughs> this is troubling. But anyway, this is a state of Washington you look ID. Like a ghost. Which actually has passport information on the back. It's called an enhanced driver's license. And it allows you to travel out of the United States by any land or sea border without passport. All right. So when it's time for me to bail... I'm not standing around holding my fucking passport. Ah. Oh, I'm waiting in line at the airport. I have a Muni Clipper card (laughs) with Iron Man on it. (laughs) Which, if you have seven hours to spare, can get you to the Oakland airport. (laughs) My My daughter's the Captain America one. That's cute. I'm really glad that you have uh, raised your kid to like all the things that you like. (laughs) (laughs) 
true. She, it's true. She, it's really true. Is she a fan of Wilberforce? She likes Wilberforce and all the Marvel characters. Yeah. She likes all of them. <laughs> Schnock. Whatever Schnock, he says. Schlurk. You, you. Schlurk. I hear you dropping references from time to time. You talked about Storm on a podcast the other day. You know, I'm an American. Yeah. It's not that I don't know what happens in comic books. Yes. When I got off the airplane here in San Francisco, I was walking through the terminal, and there was a very well-dressed 52-year-old black guy in, like, great clothes. Everybody in the San Francisco airport has great clothes on, but this guy was, like, really put together. And I'm walking by, I'm admiring his, his glasses, I'm admiring the cut of his jib, and then I look down, and his lap is full of graphic novels. Ugh. And he is reading some graphic novel about some ghost girl. <laughs> because that's what they're all about. Every graphic novel is about some ghost girl. It's a ghost. <laughs> and I was like, sir, you are a grown person. Stop reading comic books. And then, and then he was like, I'm a billionaire. <laughs> I can do what I want. I could have you acquired. <laughs> I could have you aqua hired by the time you get your fancy boy shoes shined. I live in San Francisco. We're all billionaires now. Fuck it. Oh, wow. Somebody made a horse sound. <laughs> oh, is that just a billionaire that brought his horse to the show? <laughs> I bring a different horse to every show. I have it killed in the end. I don't need the horse. Horse didn't need the show. Next issue. <laughs> I work at Google. I take my horse on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I oh. ride my horse out of the elevator into the bus. It could be, it could be like a special needs horse. Like it helps you if you have anxiety it's or something. It's a friend horse, yeah. Right. A, if you just, you just get on the horse and you're like, you're checking your phone and you're just like looking at your phone and you're like, <laughs> you got a fucking Clydesdale. It's, uh, it's, it's, for, it's for anxiety. It's your anxiety horse. Um, actually, it's a prescription horse. Um, <laughs> Uh, I have a card for it. It has a yeah. It has a blanket that you've scrawled in Sharpie like a, a service horse. <laughs> don't pet me. Right. Caution. Don't pet me. I am a service horse. But, you know what? Every horse is no a horse service knows horse. What it's there for? That's right. That's the whole. Every fucking horse idea. is a service horse. What are there? Some horses that are just like free. <laughs> you mean just like at liberty horses? Yeah, just free horses. I mean, I guess there are wild palominos. Right. But like horses that are just picking up work where they can, yeah. wandering through town, yeah. drinking cheap coffee. Yeah, just like a jobber. Like, hey, what's yeah. up? Need a horse? I thought things hey. would be different for me. Anybody need a horse? In fact, I was at 14th and Mission, and I think I saw a horse that was just like, need a horse? New horse in town. Yeah. He, just, like, he comes to town. He gets, on, he gets on Bart. He gets on horse Bart. He pulls into the station. I was told when you, when you walk down Mission, do not look... Do not make eye contact with any horse that's just trying to talk to you. No, 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 no. No, they'll do a three-card horse, Monty. Yeah. you got to watch that. Uh, they'll, they'll, they're selling horse CDs, <laughs> horse paperbacks. Horse Wessel. Wild horse vessel lead. <laughs> he sure did. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> God, that was bad. Got close to Hitler. Got that real close. Really, you know. <coughs> Attention, Generation Super Train. We have an exciting new thought technology for you because right now, for the first time ever, Roderick on the line has shirts. Shirts that you can buy and then wear. These are small batch, single cask, artisanal t-shirts and hoodies featuring our brand new Roderick on the line logo, lovingly crafted by our pals at Cotton Bureau. To see them for yourself, you can find a link in show notes for this episode or just dial up bit.ly 
slash shirt. Now, here's the thing. This is a very limited time offer. The last possible second to buy this shirt passes on February 6th, 2015 at 2 p.m. So please act now. Go to bit.ly slash shirt and pick up this one-of-a-kind item for the very first time available to you. John and I thank you in advance for having a torso and excellent taste. You know, I'm not against, I'm not against, I'm not against, God, horses are sweet. My daughter would probably have a horse if she could. Of course, every daughter would have a horse if she could. Of course, of course. <laughs> because, because horses are uh, like a sex totem for girls. Yeah. It's the way it's, girls uh, represent Sigmund Freud in yeah, their uh, birth. Yeah, sex. it's not. Uh, it's not. It's a, it's a prosthesis for uh, Sigmund Freud. It's a, a it's a Freud prosthesis. It's a strap on Freud. Yeah. yeah, they love horses. I find that yeah, a lot I'm of people a lot of people uh, do kind of use me as a Freud proxy uh, because <laughs> your means are unsound and you haven't aged well. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I look like I look like. Freud, if uh, Freud was hit with the dig dug pump a couple of times. <laughs> right, like, oh, and then, but like, then you get away, right? I'm full of the air. I'm a Freud Zeppelin. You're just using, you're just paralyzing the Freud so you can keep digging tunnels. Uh, that's, a, that's a penis. Yeah, that would be super weird. Dig Dug, is that what you said? One time, I was at the Tasty Freeze. <laughs> yeah. In 1983. Sucking on chili dogs. I was not. I have never... I like a chili dog. I've never sucked on one. I have never seen anyone suck on a chili dog and have never had a desire. I don't think it's a thing you do. And I would I think, not write a song about it. I think it. that fucking ding-a-ling wrote those lyrics because he thought, I don't know what, because uh, Indiana. But anyway... Tasty Freeze. I was at the Tasty Freeze, and it was early in the 80s, and a guy was playing Dig Dug, and he was a guy that like, was wearing his hat, his baseball hat on backwards. He had a chew can in there. He was, like a, he, was a, he was like one of the tough kids. He was like the kid in Bad News Bears that rode the motorcycle. Jackie Earl Haley. <clears throat> That's right, Jackie Earl Haley. Played Rorschach in Watchmen. And uh, played... And, uh, and he's playing Dig Dug, and uh, Dig Dug's you know, got a little song that happens while he's digging. Uh, love theme from Dig Dug. Anybody know the theme from Dig Dug? Nope. None of nope. you know. It's not hysterical laughter. It's some kind of little song that happens, and it changes. It changes as he digs and uh, different things. And when he's pumping up dragons, he, the, the different song changes. And I'm watching the game, and I'm you know, and this is the thing that we used to do in the '80s, which is sit and watch somebody play a video game for hours, just like yeah, 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 go, who, go, who, go. Who can afford it? I couldn't play video games. It costs a whole quarter. That's ridiculous. You could buy five mini Hershey Kisses for, uh, or mini uh, Reese's Pieces. No, not Pieces. Reese's Cups. Yeah. Boy, this is really, this or story one is one of, of the most amazing stories I've ever told. But, um, <laughs> so I'm sitting, I'm watching this kid play. Let me unwind a tale <laughs> for you. <laughs> About the equivalency of entertainment <laughs> to a young man in the early 80s. And I, so I'm watching this guy play. I'm sitting there. I've been sitting there for 45 minutes. And this is not a guy that would give me the time of day normally. But, I'm, but I get to be proximate to him because I'm watching him play Dig Dug. And at a certain point, I go, you know, you could probably, like, play a song if you just Dig Dugged in the, in the right order. You could, like, make it into a song because the music changes. And it was the first time 
that I ever felt that feeling of like walking into a Western bar wearing a, like a really dude costume and all, hey the, all the cowboys just turned their heads real slowly. New York City! <laughs> and just looked me up and down and then went back to what they were doing oh, and I was just no. like, oh boy. And I just slunk did out Did he respond there. at all? Not at all. No ah. one did. Not, not him and not, the, not his acolytes and not his like little uh, henchmen. Like everybody just turned real slowly. And they're only... 13 years old, I don't even know where they learned that move. I think it was just instinctive. They were just like, oh. God, that's rough. And I knew right then that I was not made for this world. Fucking brutal. See? I and mean, that's, that's how I became who I am today. Yeah. Someone who is prepared to fight for justice. Yeah. In every word and deed. Uh, especially justice for me. Yeah. The most important kind of justice. You're helping a lot of people. So, uh, so, uh, how was, uh, how was Africa? <laughs> you getting some texts? Yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty good. So um, far, so good. <laughs> Hoping we can avoid a couple topics. I really, I really want to ask questions of the audience, but I'm afraid to break the fourth wall because whenever I do that on the program, I get angry emails. No, we'll break the shit out of the fourth wall. That's fine. We don't have an audience mic, but I can give them mine. Oh, I mean, I, it's yeah. not like I. It's not like I want to do it like so much that I want to do it. Yeah, right. But like, it's like it's like it's like doing a song based on Dig Dug. You know? <laughs> Ditka. Ditka. Mike. Ditka. Yeah. What's his name? Mike Ditka. Is that his name? Yeah. yeah. Dick, yeah. Ditka. Ditka. It's a game where you inflate the Freud. Remember that game? <laughs> Ditka. 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 Oh, good times. We had some times, didn't we? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny because when we do this program uh, over the phone, you um, usually have to go to the bathroom by this point, and you, like, uh, ring the bell on me. Totally. Yeah, well, I literally peed myself twice as we came out. <laughs> no, I'm good. I had a quickie in there. By the way, just so you guys know, can I say something real quick? Oh, just absolutely. No. I totally did not do that to the bathroom. Um <laughs> I feel like I don't, I should, I should not have to say this, but I, I've been in the bathroom twice. Someone has ruined the bathroom, and it was not me. It seemed like me. I walked out, and it, the bathroom was bad, and the toilet was running. He, he came up to the dressing room super anxious that someone in the audience was going to blame him for sinking up the bathroom. Right. And I was like, is that not a point of personal pride for all men? If it, well, if it had been me, yeah. I, I would have done it a little differently. Um, <laughs> But if that had been me, I would have been out front handing out fucking brochures and offering to, like, take my picture. Like, this is, this is bad. Like, this, this boat has flipped in here. Like, something terrible and unnatural has happened in here. Right before we took the stage, I felt like there was a distinct possibility that I would be crop dusting the show the entire time. <laughs> but since I've been sitting here, I've been a complete person, and I haven't lost any... Nothing's good. Nothing's, I mean, I've put some coffee in, and yeah. nothing's gone out, so I'm... Good. So I feel good. like I'm only, good. I'm only growing. Do you want to give people an opportunity? Uh, we got a few minutes. Do you want people to have the opportunity to uh, say things? You could visit with them. Uh-huh. Uh, they could talk with you. Would you is like that, that? Is that something that you would like? like would people in the audience? Because we could have them come up to that. Those of you who have been listening to this program for a long time and have had very little opportunity to uh, contribute your own thoughts. That is by design. Um, <laughs> and unfortunately, in this setting, only the boldest are going to risk doing this. And that bodes ill. 
Yeah. Oh, you're right. Right. Only oh, the bold. Shoot. We should will have picked our up. own people. Yeah. And so they're just be like, how about Jason mm, Fink? Hello. Mm, 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 Dr. Roderick. <laughs> With all deference and due respect. Uh, but yeah. Lady. Why don't we try? Why don't we try? Should we call up uh, Jason Finn first? No. No. Okay. Jason Finn is in the audience, though, or at least he was. Are you here, Jason? <laughs> do you want to? Uh, do you want to? You, you you said before the show that you thought you might heckle the show in some way. All right. Okay. Thanks, Jason. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Would you invest in the program? Oh, that's Thank you. wow. You know what? I'm just glad I have room to grow. <laughs> you know, Merlin. Uh, Merlin sometimes ta- uh, adopts a supporting role. And other times he's more of a you know more of a leader and a challenger. Thank you, John. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's take uh, let's take some questions. What do you think? Anybody want to say anything? Questions for John? Questions for anybody? Come on, don't, don't be a jerk. <clears throat> I know I know Matt's here. You have a lot Jason of questions. Well, stand don't up. Pretend. I'm not going to walk out to you. Don't Jesus. pretend. Hey, come on up. Come on up. Hi. What's your name? Hi, Ben. Hi, everybody. Go Hi, ahead, John. Uh, I have a question. When you were um, let's see, uh, boy, a couple of years ago, you mentioned having uh, some sort of bizarre acupuncture experience. Oh, yes. Yeah. By your hair, I recognize you as an acupuncturist. 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 So it was actually, uh, I was wondering if you had had any other similar experiences. Are you talking about spiritual experiences? Maybe, but they might be drug-related. Physio-spiritual drug experiences you're talking about? Physio-pseudo-drug-spiritual. Drug-spirituals. I've had a... Or, you know, needles are drugs too, right? Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. That's a great question. Oh, did yeah. you want to follow up? Um, I, yeah, I had a lot of, uh, I had a, I've had a lot of spiritual experiences on drugs. You said to, to recap here, you went to an acupuncturist yeah. and you had a somewhat surprising experience. You kind of blacked out? Well, but I was, con- away for I was while, conscious right? the entire time. Has, has anyone here ha- ever had surgery where they anesthetize you but you are awake through the whole process? Right, there's somebody in the back, a couple of people. Um, it was like that. Except I, I, it was just needles put into my toes or whatever, and uh, I was gone. I was I, I was uh, I could feel all of the I could feel my circulatory system. I could feel it, and I was into it. It wasn't a bad feeling. I could feel all this. I could feel stuff circulating around. I could I could perceive all of my capillaries. And then I was like, and then she started taking the needles out, and I was like, don't don't stop. No no, I want to keep doing this. And she was like, you've been sitting there for an hour and a half. Dun, dun, dun. That's, ins- that's so insane. Yeah, and I felt like I had been there for like three minutes. So you had any more of those? I never went back because acupuncture is a quack. That's bullshit. So bullshit. <laughs> Anybody else want to come up and... Uh, you're going to regret it if you don't come up. I will call you out by name. Wait, here comes somebody, here up, comes the, somebody. up the aisle. Or maybe that's an usher. Oh, look at this handsome guy. Yeah. There you go. Hi there. Um, so... Oh, okay. All right. Nerd. Um, so you guys talk about how you've helped us all. What's the best way that we can help you directly? Hmm. Best way that you can help us. Oh, I guess uh, just uh, keep that mouth shut. Would, would be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> a, just keep that. If you got a good point, keep it to yourself. Would be a huge one, right? Well, I just I do, this is probably not a good point. I do feel that there is a moment when we will be called to action. And I don't know when, I, you know... You're saying we're like existential volunteer firemen. I, yeah, I feel, like, I feel like you will 
If you have been following this program long enough, you will recognize the bat signal when you see it. Yeah. It's no not going to be a bat, and it's not going to be a signal. Yeah. No one else will recognize it, but you will know that that is the moment. Got a, uh, like a dog whistle. There's going to be something that happens, and you're going to go, that's not right. And you're going to know it's time to go. Yeah. It is time. And so in advance of that, I don't want to squander our relationship by asking you for some piddly, uh, uh, you know, fealty. Yeah, or, or have them be closer to us. We don't want that. Although, although we have decided tonight yeah. to make oh, a oh, Roderick oh, on the Line oh, oh, t-shirt an available. It's an announcement. We got a t-shirt. <clears throat> um, uh, I'm not even going to go into how this happened in a day. Go to bit.ly. Uh, bit.ly slash super train shirt. You have two weeks to buy the super train shirt. Did somebody hiss? No, no, no. It wasn't a hiss. It wasn't a hiss. It was that they, they were finally releasing the clenched tension that they've been holding <laughs> it was, for three years. It, like, was, it was the whoosh of their Windows phone coming out of the holster. Finally! <laughs> My Claymore! Uh, so, paper, yeah, bit.ly slash uh, super train shirt. Yeah. And so that's a shirt that it, we're that we're. That this we're is the making. first mention of it that's ever happened. So yeah, this it's is it. for we you it. only. We've been holding it under embargo all day. Yeah. So please buy it, you know, or make somebody else buy it. So that's a thing you can do. That's a way. You know what we could do? We could use a, they call it a wearable, wearable technology. We could, we'd have to do this aftermarket, sew something into it so they'll really know when we need them, like when the time comes. Like one of those buzzers you get at TGI Fridays that tells yep. you your table's ready? <laughs> Ding 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 Why have such mixed emotions when that thing goes off? I feel like why aren't the why don't we sew those into underwear? That would be and 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 then just be in a central location and just set them off periodically. You'd just be like randomly, like everyone in America right now. That's great, and how your gladiolas coming? Whoa! I need it. John needs me. No, like now, it's really got to go. I have such mixed emotions. I get that at the, uh, we go to the Westwood, and yeah, you go and you get your uh, tri-tip, and they tell you your tri-tip is ready. And on the one hand, I'm so excited, because I feel like I really won when the thing goes off. Well, well, well. Like, Outback Steakhouse is ready to accept your money. Well, well. I'm like, hey, I get to go. But my dignity is just... Well, and also, I mean, using the, uh, using the Merlin Man uh, TV remote uh, theorem... Yeah. Uh, you can guarantee they're not wiping those things down. Oh, doctor. Right? They just stick them right back in the pile. What do you think happens after hours there? I bet they have funny games they play with. I bet they do. I bet they do. You want to see what's really out back? (laughs) Put one in every pocket. No rules. Just right. All right. uh, Any other questions? I bet a German man could fit one of those. Uh, what, you anybody think else? German yeah, man could sure. fit one all the way up. I, yeah, I, I know guys in Seattle tall. that could. Either one, really? Is that right? Anybody else? It's coming up. Yep. Hello. How are you? Hi. Uh, good now. Um, good. Among uh, many, many inspiring moments uh, on the podcast. Into the uh, mic. Into the mic. Sorry about that. Um, many inspiring moments on the podcast. Obviously, there was a really great one fairly early on, um, where you talked about sitting inside your sickness. Wait a minute. Are you Canadian? I'll just go. I'll just go. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all right. Um, You're welcome. No. Yes. It's... All right. He's yeah, from Ontario. Yeah, yeah. I'm not one of those. Right. That's others. the Neil Young province. Go ahead. God, it really is. Um, yeah, no. So I just, uh, that, that was a really uh, impactful moment for me. And I thought for any parents, for any potential parents, um, how would you go about talking to your kids about those moments in your life? 
these spiritual moments that we talked about earlier or the moments where you, uh, yeah, change your life significantly. Oh, it was the sitting inside your sickness as, you know, getting sober or changing who you are, you know. It is a good question. It's not a funny question. No. Good job, man. That's a really good question. Because it's impossible to explain to a fucking kid. Yeah, but there, but there is a, there is a, there is a, a thing that we all need to understand, which is that suffering isn't bad. And uh, and I try and I try to, uh, I try to live that. I try to live that in front of my daughter, right? That suffering is not necessarily punishment. And I think the idea that suffering is punishment is this. Judeo-Christian concept that we all carry around with us, and every time we are asked to suffer even a little bit, we're like, why am I being punished? And so one of the things I do with my kid is that, you know, the only punishment she ever really receives beyond being asked to listen to me tell her stories, <laughs> uh, which is a, sort of a life punishment. I call that table stakes, right? I mean, that's the answer. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a chair that she has to sometimes sit in, take, take a break in. And <clears throat> a lot of things will result in 15 minutes of sitting in the chair. And, but from the very beginning, there were also times when we would just sit in the chair. Uh, it wasn't like stigmatized. It wasn't like, now you're going in the chair. But it was like, you know what, let's go sit in the chair for 15 minutes. And she would sit in the chair and I would sit with her. And there are rules about what you talk about when you're sitting in the chair. You can't just free associate. You're talking about... There's, there's rules for the chair? Yeah, there's, you know, if you, if you, we can talk while we're sitting in our, in our chairs, but we're talking about, like, how we're feeling, why our feelings kind of brought us to this moment. And when something's going haywire, it's like, okay, we need to go sit in the chair and figure out why things are going haywire, and we'll talk about our feelings. But there are other times when we just sit in the chair and talk about our feelings. And she, so she doesn't feel that the chair is exactly a punishment. It is just a thing. And it is uncomfortable compared to, you know, like throwing My Little Ponies around or whatever it is that what she was doing before. But it is just uncomfortable in the way that everything in life is kind of uncomfortable, right? right. So that, I mean, that's a thing that I that I try to remind myself whenever I feel that my discomfort is punishment. is just that uh, it's just discomfort. It doesn't have, there's nothing attached to it. That's, that's hard to pull off. I always, I, um, the, the hardest part for me is taking emotion out of it because usually right at the point when, as an empirical you know, participant in this, I can tell that things are going off the rails. I'm also really fucking pissed. <laughs> and I, I find those very hard to separate. So it'll be something where it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of that Louis C.K. thing of like, well, the reason you can't have it is because you want it. Like, that's, that, it's really important that you not have this thing that you want for a while. So first of all, there's no crying during TV. You, don't, you can't cry during TV. You can't cry about TV. You can't cry in reference to TV. And TV will never in 150 million fucking years ever be provided as a way to get you to stop crying because I'm not stupid. <laughs> and so then that will become... So when you're done crying, we can watch Project One Runway because I really want to watch Project Runway. <laughs> okay, you're crying about TV. So now it's going to be when you stop crying plus five minutes. Yeah. I want you to think about that because think about how much longer you want to cry because then we're adding five minutes onto that. 
Want to make it 15? Oh, that, I, uh, that's that dries also, up the waterworks real quick. That's also something that I do. Any, any time-based timeout? It's a game. Kids love games. But the time timeout, any time-based timeout starts when the crying stops. Oh, that's so, so important. Nobody does 15 minutes of timeout. There is no, there's no time served yeah, in crying. Where they're crying for 13 minutes. And then they do two minutes in the chair. It's like, no, the chair begins when you are, like, ready. When you are ready to be in the chair, then you begin to be in the chair. I should explain, though, I also dress up like Cardinal Richelieu when I do this. So it's... And it's probably... I have a riding crop, and it's probably a little weird. I got a hat with a handle. I'm usually dressed as Graham Chapman in his, like, uh, officious military guy with no pants. (laughs) Mustache hat, no pants, uh, and sock garters. <laughs> That's a smart look. Yeah, well, it sure keeps the door-to-door salesman at bay. <laughs> uh, I think that's probably going to be about it. Um, Can you believe it's, it's 927 already? It's 927. How, how uh, do you feel about this live show? <laughs> the... The presence of an audience definitely inhibited me from talking about Hitler too much. Fuck, really? Yeah. I was just worried about Africa, but like, it took yeah. you off Hitler too? I know, you're very worried about Africa. Well, there's a lot of ways <laughs> it could go wrong. Uh, no, no, no. I, just, I, I, feel like, uh, I feel like I have a different relationship with the live audience because I've, that's where I've spent most of my career, right in front of a room full of people. That you and, can't see. And, and, uh, that I can't see and that I don't want to see. And I usually don't a- a- let them ask questions. Uh, but, uh, but our podcast is, a, is this other animal where I'm sitting in a, in a room often without any coffee and uh, wrapped in a robe. And yeah. I'm just talking into a box. And on the other side, the box has a vo- the voice of Merlin Mann. Yeah. Um, well, more than anything I have uh, ever done, I cannot tell you how many people say they listen to the show, but they scream Back at the show more than anything else that they listen to. Does anybody yell back at the show when they listen? Really? That's it? See, I, I, I... What do you possibly have to yell at the show? Other than, yes, I agree! Corrections, clarifications. Yes, completely right, again! How do you get all this right so often, John? Komsa, <laughs> komsa! It's a gift. Uh, are there any last questions? Yeah, we've got to move on to John's got another show. Where are you going after this? Where so I'm going, going over show? to Cobb's Comedy Club to play. Oh, wait. Here, there's a woman in a, in a do-rag. Okay, here we go. He's going to... Who has a question? Cobb's Comedy Club. Here you go. Um, well, first of all, I just wanted to thank you guys for, like, being just slightly younger than me. So, like, I actually get all your references, which isn't true most podcasts. We'd like to thank you for being slightly older than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also, um, when Super Train does happen, I am actually an electrician, so... Uh, See, if you have, have actual, skills. if you have skills like this, then that, uh, gives you, it does give you a leg up. Yeah. Uh, in, in, um, to, but you'll be in the back of the train, of course. <laughs> it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, right. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. But and I had a question, but I forgot what it was. So. Really? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, ter- that was, that was yeah. terrific. We, we're going to need that. John, we should get, one, get her one of those Outback Steakhouse buzzers for her butt. So All right. she'll know when it's time to... Re- Would that be okay? And if it breaks, she can fix it cause, because electrician. Yeah, right.
You could shut try. It down. You could shut the grid down. The That's whole right. grid. Um, all right. Well, there's one minute left. Is there really? Wait, anybody, wait, anybody somebody's one standing more? up. Somebody's coming to the aisle. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Here we go. Move yeah, faster. Yeah, do one more. So real quick, thank you. You're welcome. Nice, um, nice Van Halen 1 shirt. Mm-hmm. So have the two of you ever considered separately or together uh, some kind of Pan-Man-related music project? Or, and also, could you inhibit that persona, like, genuinely, like, unironically? Inhabit or inhibit? Because I'm constantly... Oh, not inhibit any. I'm, I'm constantly inhibiting that persona. <laughs> I, can't, I cannot inhabit it because I am not a pan man, but there's one right next to me. Thank you. Excellent question. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to inhabit your answer. <laughs> oh, yes. I could inhabit the shit out of that. No question about it. Yeah. I got to tell you, I think the, the inertia for me is really toward Pan Man. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of from Florida and I'm kind of from Ohio. Yeah. So, like, for me, that's like, it's, it's like spitting or what? like, you know, uh, yelling at people. One it's of the things I realized about Pan, Pan Man-based music is that Pan Man music is not afraid of Chicka Chicka guitar. Right, like like a rock and roll hoochie coo. Like any kind of Pan Man music is going to have a ding, 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 guitar happening. Hey, you're a rock star. Get your game on. That's all. Every if you think about it, all Pan music, including Van Halen, has a little bit of like ding, and that is a crime against humanity. And I can't, I can't embrace it. But you like Sloan, and there's plenty of that. I mean, that's like Canadian Pan Man. Anyway, I think <laughs> there's a lot of ways. Oh, wait, it's 9.30. We have to be, show has to be over. Oh, uh, good night, everybody. Bye.